0: Out here in the perimeter there are no stars Out here we is stoned, immaculate Hello and welcome This is the C86 Show I'm David Eastall As you know we love a special guest This week it's going to be the turn of the band The Crazies Because I spoke to one of the members very recently To find out more about life, love, poetry It was the one and only Adrian James The drummer of the band And uh, this is a Well, mainly because um, Optic Nerve Records, all the way from Preston, has released, or is about to release, an album called A Simple Vision uh, that's come out on vinyl and probably is available on Bandcamp. This was a recording that was done in 1978. Um, A few of the members of the band have been in The Outsiders and then there was this kind of musical moment in the sort of late 70s and then various members went on to form The Sound featuring the one and the only Adrian Borland as well as uh, Graham Bailey on bass but anyway we're going to find out much more about the band through this interview so anyway do check it out The Crazies the album is coming out that's the main thing A Simple Vision and uh, Optic Nerve Records from Preston are the people responsible but anyway look after several minutes of uh, casual chat with Adrian we got down to that very exciting subject that was the early formative years and also early influences. Adrian Tell us everything, tell us now.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I guess I'm a, I'm a few years older than yourself, so I would say um, The Dave Clark Five. Uh, and um, I thought those those early singles of theirs, like bits and pieces, were, were really powerful, actually. And, um, you know, I, I've ended up drumming, and I kind of... You know, seeing Dave Clark sort of front and center of the band, it was kind of, you know, you 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 sort of took from that. Well, this guy's is, is the the center of it all. You know, nothing happens without him. So, uh, um which you know, I'm, I've realized subsequently isn't necessarily the case. But I th- I think you know, the drumming always impressed me on records from the start, you know, just instinctively. And so I would, I would go back to him. And then a bit later on, you've got, um, people like cream and, uh, Hendrix and, you know, both great drummers with those bands. Um, but then as you say, I think, um, the sort of glam area, cause I, I, I liked, um, Mark Boland from way back, like from the Tyrannosaurus Rex, right when he kind of reemerged as T-Rex you know but it took me a while till i realized the connection that you know this was the same guy who used to do these you know kind of little charming sort of folky songs was now you know rocking out and this was the same guy that i liked you know years before um so i think you know he he for a long time was the main the main person I liked, um, Bowie, Roxy Music, um, who else? Uh, the Stones and the Beatles, you know, yes. still very sort of key people. Um, my sister was uh, a bit of an influence on me. She was a massive Beatles fan. So I I've, I've got exposed to a lot of that from you know, quite a young age.
0: Yes, and were your and were you was it a kind of a bit of a musical family or 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 were your parents not that bothered about the music kind of world?
1: Um, no, they were. No, they weren't really. Yeah, no, they weren't really bothered about it. Um, but I think uh, my, my my sisters and my brother. Um, they 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 are all fans of different people and i think i even even if i even if I wasn't sort of listening to those people particularly um you know just that, i, I suppose some families um you know you're not um exposed to much music or or the sense that music is a is an important part of life um so with with them there are people like uh dylan and mamas and the papas uh everly brothers people like that i've heard to some extent um so it wasn't i mean it's a musical family insofar as being kind of fans of different kinds of music but um only only my dad was really a musician to any extent he played played, um uh, accordion and mandolin
0: right that's quite handy, isn't it? Because some some people go, "Oh yes, my dad was a jazz drummer," and you know, "Oh, that must have helped." Or, but then some people say, "My no, my parents were complete Neanderthals. They hated music. They hated everything." I had to leave home when I was thirteen. <laughs> it was like, "Oh, a bit <laughs> yeah, of a different no, life."
1: It wasn't like that, but they weren't. You know, they they weren't kind of. They ne- they never sort of pretended to sort of be cool and into. The music that i liked and I, I would probably have been a bit mortified if they had you know
0: yes that. Would, why where could you rebel so when did a yeah. drum, when did a drum kit enter into your life um yeah, well that, i think that was i
1: think uh i think i was really once we got the band going because um once uh when we were about 17 18 uh that's when we first started playing some gigs um but we'd been in some form we'd been going this this was you know the real beginnings um we've just bought anything anything we could kind of rustle up so i I was kind of uh just odd sort of little plastic drums and cymbals that somehow somehow accrued um so when when I first had a proper drum kit was um, really, as I say, when we started playing gigs, and then um, so that was sort of late teens, and then we um, once we'd left school when we were eighteen, we um, that's when we were trying to actually get somewhere, mm-hmm. so uh, had, a, had a had a sort of proper kit then. Well, it's basic; it wasn't, you know, I think it was second hand. It wasn't. Um, Uh, you know ornate or anything but it it sort of did the job
0: so what was your first band you were in was this the outsiders
1: well uh yeah um originally we were called syndrome this was right back in um 1973 and that was with adrian borland you know he was one of the originators i came in a bit later um and we called ourselves that for some time eventually we drafted in a, a bob lawrence a guy called bob lawrence on base and then eventually that sort of settled into the nucleus of the three of us um and it was again when we left school when we were sort of trying to get somewhere we um we thought well syndrome was a bit of a you know Naf name really so that's that's when we hit upon the outsiders which which comes from the uh albert camus book not that i'd read it but it just seemed like a good name
0: (laughs) yes and there was was there another one i remember in the 80s there was a film the outsiders francis ford coppola the base of yeah a film on a book, but um, Matt yeah. Dillon. Yes. So, where were you? Where was where were you born? Where was this kind of um, happening? By the way, I have no idea. Uh, in, in Surrey, right. We,
1: so, we, did, we all... did
0: you and Adrian and then Bob? Did you all sort of go to the same? Were you all in the same neighbourhood and sort of knew each other? Well, we
1: were in the same school, um, so we we're a bit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We we're a bit scattered uh geographically but we would um the, the thing was with with adrian Borland his parents i mean sort of going back to one of your earlier questions um his parents were very encouraging of him and that you know as it became clear that he really had um a serious talent and serious uh, ambitions they they sort of, uh, as far as they could, they sort of pulled out all the stops for um, for him and for the band. so, you know, they bought him a guitar, they bought him a microphone, um, you know, they bought this this initial drum kit, you know, all this uh, kind of support. Yes. Um, so we, we would gather at Adrian's house, that's where we would practice and eventually his dad um, taught himself how to record and... Um, we recorded at their house as well, quite
0: a, quite a lot. Right, God, he really did get encouraged, is not he? And this is all the sort of early to mid seventies, which was quite unusual at that stage, because because um, my parents were kind of very working class. I mean, we, there was no doubt, there wasn't that many kind of options and opportunities and, and luxury. So obviously, he, was that quite a, was he quite a middle was that quite a middle class household that he came from? Um, yeah, but
1: I mean, it kind of um i mean it's a, it's a little later in time i don't know how much difference that makes um we 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 left school in uh seventy six um yeah i mean i i would i would classify it as as middle class but um you know he didn't have any um siblings so uh i think you know they weren't like uh Rich, But, you know, insofar as they uh, had, uh, you know, reasonable standard of living, you know, they kind of invested a lot, sort of literally and, you know, metaphorically in into Adrian. So yes. you know, they, they, they gave, you know, they gave him a lot of encouragement.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? When, when I was at school, there was a, a few people who were just like, you know, the only child. And it was kind of, yeah, my brothers would just try and make me cry and kick a football at me a lot, you know, and, and sort of be nasty if I was just just wanted to be nasty. I was the youngest of three boys, you see. So um, oh, yes, right. I, I didn't get too much kind of like, you know, if I cried, they would just kind of make it even worse by teasing me. So, um, yes, that's life. That's that's the that's the wonderful world of families, isn't it? But they were OK. Worry, I'm not emotionally scarred by that, but then yes, so (laughs) so then you got the outsiders. God, that was Hmm. you were a very angsty band if you were already going for the Camus Camus sort of. Um,
1: well, uh, I mean, like I said, I only read it later on, but I think, yeah, we we had that, that was that was the thing with writing your own songs, being able to express yourself that, um you know, we even from the start, we never really, I don't know, we just never really even considered um, covering other people's songs. Um, it, it was a lot of the satisfaction of being a band was writing our own stuff and and coming up with our own ideas. And you know, we 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 always pursued that as a, as a path and you know, whether the emotions were as you say, angsty or, or whatever, we were, um, you know, it was a real outlet for us. So, um, you know, if some people uh, found uh, some support or, or comfort or whatever in in listening to us, then, um, you know, all well and good.
0: Yes, because cause you brought two albums out. In seventy-seven yeah. and seventy-eight, which was calling on Youth" and, and "Close Up," and this was on the Raw Edge Records. Is I'm assuming this is your own label that you decided to set up as well?
1: Yeah, well, you know, again, that's another, or perhaps the um, the key uh, bit of support of the of uh, Adrian's parents that they, um, you know, they put enough money into us to make. Um, you know, limited edition of, 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 albums and, uh, you know, paid, paid for the, uh, the recording sessions. Um, well, the, uh, so um, with, with calling on youth, that was done at the house at their house. Right. Um, this is, it's only the second album that we did in a professional studio. So that, that was when they paid for the session there.
0: Yes, amazing. And that, bizarrely, came out on Cherry Red Records this year, didn't it? A compilation of your material, which was called Count for Something.
1: Uh, yeah, well, the reason um, or the connection with Cherry Red, we they actually put out our two um, like official albums that you mentioned. Um, they made CD uh, releases of them in... 2012 it was um, but what happened in the in, in the meantime was that uh, Bob Borland uh, died and when it came to sorting out the um, belongings in the house I asked the um, I asked the executors uh, to you know if they could pass on any Outsiders material that they came across, so they were they were quite content to do that. Um, and what I found um, amongst all this material, the all these you know reel-to-reel tapes, um, were not just the um, not just the masters of of the albums that you've mentioned, but um, a whole lot of other stuff. So um, because Cherry Red had shown some interest years before I thought well I'll try them you know for well there was one particular recording of the one live recording we ever did of ourselves on a cassette and um, so I asked uh I asked them if they'd be interested in bringing that out and the the guy at Cherry Red uh whose um name's John Reed he's the the head of the catalogue but he sort of came back and said, "Well, you know, have you apart from this cassette, have you got any other material?" And um, you know, it sort of mushroomed into this whole concept of, "Oh, well, we could do a whole, <clears throat> a whole box set," which was, you know, way beyond anything I'd conceived. But that was, you know, that's that was the seed of, of uh, you know, that life cassette was the seed of it, and then. This additional material was from amongst these other tapes that I kind of inherited.
0: My God. Well, did you say that was all from Bob Lawrence's kind of archive? or No, Bob Borland.
1: Sorry, there's a lot of Bobs involved. God yeah, but Bob... <laughs> Adrian's dad is called Bob as well as our basis. Oh,
0: of course, right. Borland, right. Bob Borland, not yeah. Bob Lawrence. Yeah. Sorry, Bob Lawrence is still with us. Okay, that's good. Oh, yes,
1: pretty much so. Thank
0: you. <laughs> but you recorded close up at the famous. Um, studio which we we all love in cambridge didn't you this was um the one the space ward one with Bob, Gary lucas which um funny enough i did an interview with the guy who ran it called mike um recently because a lot of people a lot of people love this kind of studio and they mention it as being very important even people i've done a few interviews with people in america and they they they're obviously very geeky you know musicians even though they're quite i don't know but anyway they were just saying that just anything that comes from that studio they try and listen and buy because they love the quality so obviously um yes that, so what was your experience just you know briefly at that that place um, well i think my
1: my main my main recollection is that um uh, well we we i wouldn't say we exactly we had run-ins with Gary Lucas, but um, we were still we were still very much coming from a kind of semi-punk kind of philosophy, if you like. Uh, that you know, so you don't um, you don't sort of have lots of uh, effects, or um, you know, you you go for a pretty straightforward sound. And he was he was saying to us well, you know, in effect, I think you're not not differentiating your songs enough, whereas to us that was, well, that's our style, you know, so we're trying to establish a style, so that's that's why songs have sounds, uh, have similar uh, characteristics. Um, Anyway, I mean, it kind of, it it works out in the end, but I, I have, yeah, I have seen some stuff on the internet about space ward myself i i haven't i didn't realize that it had become um you know a bit of a thing you know cult status got...
0: they they just yeah. love it now. a cold yeah. status yeah. thing yeah, anyway. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah uh, but he uh i think someone told me did he not he died a few years ago is that right gary lucas
0: i'm not sure about gary mike's definitely alive i hope so Guys, yeah. <laughs> unless something's yeah. happened in the last yeah. two months
1: i think someone someone told me that a while back. But uh, yeah, I mean, the the thing was, maybe we weren't, I mean, to us, the songs did, you know, were different from one another, you know, we could hear the difference. Um, But, uh, you know, I I mean, it wasn't like we had sort of stand up rails or anything. But I I do remember that bit of uh, friction in our yeah, a sort few of points about what we were what we were going
0: for. Probably so, a few, um, few years on you would have probably just punched the guy and got drunk and smashed the place up. But um that would have yeah. been when you developed a probably a drug habit as well. So luckily <laughs> that didn't happen. But then, you yeah. know, so when the the band finished, the the outsiders, is this when the next combo, you know, appears, the crazies. This is the this is the moment, isn't it? Um well,
1: it's kind of hmm, not. Yeah, it's not quite as cut and dried as that.
0: I know it yeah. just wouldn't be, would it? It just no, no <laughs> not, not with that.
1: What no. um, <laughs> What happened was um, towards the end of nineteen seventy eight, and that's you know we had done our kind of official Outsiders uh, albums by that point. So it was a bit later in the year. Um, there was this, you know, one of the main things that drew us together as a friendship group at this uh, pub in Wimbledon was, you know, all being, you know, music fanatics. And one of these uh, people who was our good friend of ours was a guy called Pete Williams. And um, one of the, one of the things, one of the sort of symptoms of this enthusiasm for music was some of the time, particularly he and Adrian would would uh, sort of dream up um, fantasy bands. So, it, you know, not... Um, and then think of, you know, what would their songs be and what they sound like, you know, develop a whole kind of uh, concept of them. Anyway, Pete um, was eventually sort of came up with the idea that well he'd actually would really like to do one of these um concept bands kind of thing um and I think it was it was still regarded as his fantasy except he then um you know he did then roll up with a bunch of lyrics and say I'm, I'm, I've got a studio books and um well, I, personally, I kind of just got invited along um, by Adrian. You know, he just said, we've got this session at the weekend. And I didn't really know what to expect, but we um, just kind of, kind of went along with it because um, it just sounded like fun to do. Um, mm. So The Crazies was really, I would say, Pete and Adrian's uh, baby, so to speak. And um the rest was just turned up because it, you know, seemed like it might be um a laugh
0: to do. Right. So just to try and understand this, seventy-eight Pete Williams was in a band or had the band Honolulu Mountain Daffodils, God knows. Just imagine the names that got is that true?
1: Uh, not at that time. No, this is this uh Honolulu's is about ten years later. Um so the the crazies is the first thing that he ever did in a studio that was that was part of the thing that was so um kind of amazing of it because you know he he doesn't really um he doesn't really show any inhibitions in his in his singing um but as far as you know that's the first time that he he'd been in a studio and we were just kind of letting rip alongside him but the honolulu's is about ten years later, and that's that's much more him and Adrian, and a couple of other other you know other friends who got involved with that.
0: Right, and he calls himself what Lord Salako. Salako, <laughs> my God, <laughs> I think that's
1: uh, as if if memory serves they because he was um, he was a big Crystal Palace fan, and there used to be this guy played for Crystal Palace called John Sulaco. Right, I think, I think it was. I think it was a homage
0: to him. Yeah, most people would have gone for Stanley Bowles or, or Bowles yeah. really. That was the main man, but not Sulaco. Anyway, look, there you go. So then the Crazies, which is this kind of album that's come out on Opting Now, that features Pete, Adrian, right. yourself, Graham, and then B. Yeah. right so this is kind of a, a recording that happened in a very short period of time
1: yeah it was um literally one day and then a bit later this was December 78 that we did this one day uh that we did the recording and then um I think just on just before the end of the year we went back for the for the mixing session and that that was it and then um, we had a few cassettes made of it, um, which I think basically everyone who was involved had a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it just sort of languished for um, and, until, you know, 2020, when I asked Cherry Red if they'd be interested in, in bringing this, you know, bringing out this recording as well as The Outsiders. And they said no. Uh, well, no, no, they were more, more positive than that. Um, but they, they not as an official cherry red thing, because the thing that their their reasoning, as I understand it, was the outsiders. Although we weren't, you know, had only sort of very limited success when we were going. You know, we um, we still had some kind of. There was still the sense that. Um, people would vaguely remember the name but the crazy had absolutely no um no
0: history you know so um they They have a bit of history don't you Um, yeah yeah but there are but but there only are seven tracks i guess that's a bit of a stumbling point isn't it but this was all recorded in one day at elephant studios so with with the engineered by nick robbins so did you go in did did pete have the songs and you just kind of had to jam along with them in a slightly frenetic late teen kind of excitable way
1: um yeah pretty much um we um I'm, i've not you know i don't know if there was any sort of real discussion between uh pete and adrian beforehand but um you know for the rest of us it was definitely a thing of on the day that we just um it, it i mean just it, it literally does sound crazy to say it now but we just um sort of said right this is number one you know did a run through then sort of got an idea of what we were doing then okay record it that was then you know that was the next step. Okay. That's done. Right. Now it's time for, to check uh, song number two. Let's do that. And we would, you know, we just do one, one through, you know, make that up on the spot, uh, just to get our bearings sort of thing and then, um, record it and then go on to the next one. And it, you know, so we actually sort of went through so quickly at, at that rate that, um, I think actually, uh, Pete only had the six songs, so we the rest of us had a break, went off to get something to eat, and he um, he came up with some more lyrics. And in the meantime, we came back and we recorded another song.
0: Was that the one when we are dead?
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah oh so.
0: right. That's, well, so was was there a kind of a, an element of creative genius and youthful excitement in the air?
1: oh i I think so, yeah, I mean, I think the fact of um well, I mean genius I guess is for other people to say, but just the thing of um being excited in in doing something and attempting something um musically, uh, we were you know we kind of always up for that, and just um you know we we were you know, pretty constantly writing songs uh, and, you know, feel, feeling like we were developing. So, yes. um, you know, I, I think, yeah, any chance we got to do like a recording um, or uh, play a gig, we would take because it was, you know, it's just... Uh, uh, part of the, you know, real focus of being in a band and, the, you know, the excitement of, of, uh, of creating something.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. Did, um, I mean, so where well, you've done the recording, and you sort of you do the cassettes, then where does the kind of the, the master table or some of the, you know, the evidence sit for the next 43 years?
1: Uh, well, basically, I think in Bob Borland's,
0: House. Right. Um, so Bob, Bob's Bob had the archive. Had you slightly yeah. forgot about this? Oh no, you'd have had a cassette, wouldn't you? And went, mm, yes.
1: Yeah, I had, I had the cassette, and I'm, I mean this. I, I don't feel like I'm expressing myself as as well as I might. But basically, um, you know, with the crazies particularly, you know, there was absolutely no kind of real um, ambition with it. It was just, you know, this sounds like this will be good fun to do yes let's do it not you know no sort of sense of, of obviously there was no internet then anyway but no sort of sense of oh well let's broadcast this to the world and you know try and sell thousands and thousands of copies it was just something we did at a weekend it was it was good fun but speaking for myself over the years um you know, I, I never sort of, I never sort of fell out of love with the cassette. And, um, you know, every so often, I would kind of think, well, this would, this would be great to be, you know, an actual record. Um, and B's husband at one point, maybe ran off a CD of it for me. So that was, you know, that sounded a bit better quality then as well. But even then, that was that was years ago. Um, and then this opportunity with having, uh, having received these various master tapes, including the Crazies, that was the point at which, um, you know, this, the thought of, well, maybe this is the time to bring it out if we can. So I had to, um, I had to cl- kind of clear it with B and Graham, who were the only other um, surviving members of the band, because, um, as I expect you know, unfortunately both Pete and Adrian Borlander, you know, uh, uh, passed on. So, yes. Um, but they were they were amenable, so um, Cherry Red were to the extent of they said, well, we'll we'll find a label to put it out. We don't want to put it out as a cherry cherry red thing as such, but we can find um, a label that we're associated with to, to bring out. I, I think they feel it was less of a, you know, commercial risk for them to, to do it that way. But, you know, we were just happy to, um, to have it finally, you know, uh turned into a tangible yes so were uh,
0: are they connected then to optic nerve records in preston well i think there's
1: um i think there's an association uh, you know that they kind of like license material through them to bring it well, out I,
0: i've got you yes because well, i i I don't,
1: I don't think they're a subsidiary as such no. but you know that they they can they can bring some uh I suppose uh distribution power to bear, for instance, and publicity. You know, oh, that that's kind. good.
0: That's amazing. Cause Bee's done the the uh the artwork for the album as well. So is that oh, was yeah. that was that done quite recently, you know, as in that was
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, she did that uh in you know, the past few months. So we she was Sending different versions to Graham and myself and, um, uh, you know, eventually we, um, the consensus was for, uh, for the, um, amazing creation she came up with
0: yes I well, know you don't you don't want design by committee that's a disaster you know so, yeah, yeah. oh could you just do something no I can't um yeah oh that's fantastic so it's come out on vinyl records uh, vinyl, yeah. vinyl record no just a vinyl record and um yeah so do they is it about how many do they get printed or these or pressed up if they can find a printing plant for vinyl now um oh i i don't know
1: off the top of my head what the yes the uh, quantity um, is, um, I, you know, I wouldn't think it's more than a, a couple of thousand, something of that order, yeah. and then then it's a matter of sort of seeing how it how it goes. Um, I mean, in I I do remember in the Outsiders days we usually, I think we went for a kind of pressing of a thousand, um, so you know i think it's it's a lowish figure but then it's you know kind of testing the water at the moment
0: um yeah and also i think people have become very fascinated with this kind of period and also you know having a little bit more easy access by cherry red and all those other labels and optic nerve i think they've they've built a brand which people are very you know become kind of well known around the world because people just Yes, know that um, these people, <laughs> these strange people who run these labels—not Cherry Bread, because that's more the you know organization—but the one you know, like Fire Station and uh, Cladbury and and Ian, in Preston, you know, it's yeah. like, well, they're they're kind of fans who are just kind of enjoying it, and they're going to put out things that they like. So right. it's, yeah. it's not going to be something peculiar well, rubbish. So there yeah. you go. So then, yeah. so you, you do this, and that's come out, which is brilliant. And then what happens to you? With, because obviously the outsiders has finished. This is kind of a one off um mm. project. Then what, what happens to you next? Uh what, musically. Yeah. yeah. Did you go into another band after this, The Sound? No, no. Um, what happened there? I mean, we, we really um we need Pete Frame uh in
1: in this now we do we need me we, we need, 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 we
0: need get, a get, diagram. Get, we need more yeah, we need get, <laughs> get, 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 little figures yeah. being moved around the yeah. spreadsheet. Um that, what
1: happened with the sound was um over over the following year to so when we'd done the crazies, um I I came to the decision to, you know, we weren't making uh that much progress as the outsiders and you know it's kind of a wrench but i I decided um I, I would leave um so adrian and graham were carrying on and b had become more and more part of the band so you had you had the three of them in place yeah and the person um who was managing us by that point he knew a drummer uh it was Mike Dudley in a in a band or who had been in several bands I think. Um so he 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 came into position um in the course of nineteen seventy nine to replace me. Um they still were calling themselves the outsiders for quite a lot of nineteen seventy nine and then um at some point they decided well it's in a lot of ways, it's a new band, so we'll come up with a new name so that's how you end up with the sound right there's kind of i still i i mean they've still got sort of very good friends of mine, and i did um I did continue to contribute a few lyrics um for the sound um in the you know uh, sort of the next few years um so there was there was a kind of maintaining of the connection yes in, in, as well
0: so was this the point then you you know the music as a career or some, as as a well, you know as a sort of full time or very much a kind of a kind of a focus in the life did you sort of put that to one side and then get on with the yeah. rest of your life
1: yeah i um i uh, went to university and um i mean you know obviously kept uh you know music as a big enthusiasm in life but um now i've um uh eventually sort of got into a career of a librarianship so that, um,
0: my god there you go i mean probably that's the most sensible move you've ever made really because <laughs> having done having done this show for so long i mean god you know bloody hell the other night i did a interview with the guitarist from twisted sister i mean <laughs> it's like yeah. you know it's like started in 72 and you know the um yes amazing amount of ups and downs and bankruptcies after you've you know sold billions of records and you just think god how did your brain cope and um yes who knows so. yeah
1: yeah um i mean it, the sound were decidedly more successful bands than uh, the outsiders ever were and the I mean the crazies, as I say, we didn't really have aspirations for the crazies in in any case. Um, but e- even at the sort of level the sound got to, um, unfortunately, it ended up with you know various kind of uh, arguments and um, disputes. That I mean, I'm not really um I, you know, I only know of in very sort of broad terms but you kind of you see how things turned out with a band like say the smiths um you know and then it's sort of even at a quite lower level um you know happening to your own friends which um quite quite uh sad to see really yeah you know, no going, it's it's going it's... to with sort of, such enthusiasm and then it's all, all this all this crap happens that is not you know what you're interested in at all
0: i know it's um it often takes about 30 years for some members of the band i mean i'm not talking about the smiths that's a whole other subject isn't it yeah. but um you know with a lot of bands you know they had that kind of moment because i suppose having done this show for quite a while you know there's a five-year narrative you know you get together as friends in the same community you know you you sort of have a year honeymoon sort of doing music and then in the 80s you know there was the great john peel so if you have got the single and the john peel play and then you got the john peel session things are going good first album things are kind of going quite well um and there's a bit more touring in the van and then the second album and then by then you know they, those kind of conversations you didn't realize you should have had at the beginning kind of start to sort of emerge and i think there's the well, there's two things there's a sort of lack of money and then there's a sort of the struggle and the dynamics and and everything else that went for it so it's not really um it's not for the faint-hearted i think that's the thing isn't it really
1: mm, yeah yeah and as i say i think you know you, you go into music with a you know quite a, a pure enthusiasm um, and there's a whole lot of uh, problems and um, uh, emotional ups and downs that you you know you don't anticipate when it's uh when you're starting out you know you just aspire to something uh really positive and it's it's not as simple as that unfortunately
0: but you must be really pleased to have seen the work that you did over 40 years ago sort of get so nicely catalogued and and to be so sort of kind of remembered it you know yeah i mean
1: that's 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 really yeah uh, yeah that's really remarkable to me and um, but uh I mean that as I say uh, obviously we didn't have the internet in the days when the outsides were going but um, I have taken quite a lot of um, solace from looking at uh, things that people have up- uploaded of ours to YouTube for instance and. Then you kind of see, for instance, um, you know, some really positive comment about something you recorded in the late '70s, and they, so someone's made a comment about it about you know six months ago, you know, literally. So I mean, that that's just wonderful to me. Um, you know, some, it does feel sort of uh, a bit of kind of vindication or. Uh, you know something of that sort that well you know maybe we were actually not <laughs> not not as bad as people or, you know some people were saying and you know maybe uh maybe we've been able to push a bit harder we'd have got uh yes got an audience so yeah no i mean i'm 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 uh i'm, I'm really delighted and and thrilled that uh, the crazies have come out in the uh outsiders box set you know, I think um that's uh, it, it you know, it does make it feel worthwhile. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's fantastic. And um and it's all it must I say I must. I'm just kinda of loaded there. Um, you know, being able to sort of slightly communicate again with Graham and B, you know, on a project rather than just kind of saying happy Christmas, but actually going through with these kind of little bits and pieces. Mm. And that's yeah. kind of you know, because you need to have a purpose to sort of get in touch with someone again normally, rather than just going hello, yeah. how are you, and they go what yeah. do you want?
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think um, uh, you know, I, I think we we really tried to um, approach things as as democratically as we as we could, particularly given that we're you know separated by. Uh, uh well separated by an ocean from graham um so i i i I did, I did get the sense from all our communications that they they felt you know very very happy that um you know we've really tried to do things in um you know the right way if you like and uh yeah it was it was um it was good um having that purpose because I, I mean I, I i would certainly say that you know with the whole because uh, most of the work went on um during 2020 and then into the early part of this year so i mean for me there was a lot of um you know gave me a lot of uh, direction in the whole lockdown yes. nightmare. so
0: yeah, um, absolutely. That must be quite and um, did you and were you quite alive, but had you played quite a lot of live gigs as the outsiders?
1: Um not I wouldn't say a lot, you know. We we didn't have we weren't playing that frequently. Um not not because we, you know, didn't want to, it was just hard to, to get gigs, but um I think all told while I was with the band, we probably play, played up to about, oh, say about 60 or so gigs from, from 1976 to 1979. Right. Really? So, yeah. you know, it's not, we, uh, there was only one thing that um, counted as, you know, even something approaching a, a mini tour, which was something we did in 1979 um but uh, i think i think we kind of i mean I, adrian said himself at one point that um for him the outsiders was a kind of uh apprenticeship so um you know, even though there weren't that many gigs that we played it was still enough to have given him quite a, a good uh, amount of experience of being a performer so that you know when he moved on to the next stage with the sound he was you know he was quite sort of comfortable in that role and really yeah. you know really took it on and you know they just uh you know came up with some really really good songs so you know you have the combination there that so that's kind of a a you know real sort of formula for, for live success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, you. It's important to get out live. I mean, yes, absolutely. And when was the last time you saw Adrian and, and Pete? Had you, had you kept in touch with them or seen them much, you know, after that period and then everyone going um, their separate? Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it was more
1: sporadic as the years um, as went on because people obviously uh, went, went their separate ways to some extent um every excuse me every so often i'd come back to uh to surrey or to wimbledon and uh see some of the kind of old crowd um but um a lot of the time in the 90s um adrian um actually spent living abroad because he um He did have more of a kind of cult following in places like holland
0: yeah
1: Uh, so you know he 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 wasn't in the country nearly so much but yeah i still um i still saw him from time to time particularly just by that time he was playing uh solo gigs um and you know they were very sort of few and far between but usually if I could get to one of them, I would do so. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it, was, it must mean sometime in the year before he died. There was a gig he played in in London at the Borderline. That's the last last time I actually remember seeing him play. And as for as for Pete, Pete died some years later. But um, pardon. He became more of a, uh, I think kind of recluse as the years went on and uh I, I think you know he kind of withdrew really. He 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 was uh he, he was ill with uh alcoholism and uh you know that uh I you know, I hadn't seen him for for quite a few years, when I I got the sad news that he'd uh, died as well,
0: that
1: mm. um, you know, I, I mean that is another that is another motivation definitely for, for doing you know you know getting the crazies actually out for the, the wider world to to hear that um, you know, they were two very sort of funny and talented people, and um, you know, it's just uh, another another example of this you know that as i said later on they combined into this other band the honolulu mountain daffodils uh but that was um you know sort of late 80s early 90s so you you're at least a, a decade on from the from the crazies so by then yes. they're kind of, um you know using a lot of samples and you know using the what was new technology then to uh, to make the music a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And did so just briefly, did you keep your drum kit and occasionally sort of would have a, a drum or even occasionally join a band and and have a few moments or did it sort of pretty much sort of finish there with you, for you?
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I left it with, um, I left it with the band that Mike, um, my- Dudley who as I say uh, replaced me, he he um he already had his own kit. Um I think um I think it got sold off eventually, but I, w- I was in no position to um I was in no position to uh play it. Um, you know, not not in sort of living uh, like in bed sits and stuff. Yes. I wasn't the only circumstances to uh really play a kit and annoy the neighbors (laughs) Uh, 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 but i mean i've I've kind of come back to playing the last few years because there was a, a tribute gig for what would have been adrian's 60th birthday a few years ago and out of that we um the friends i got involved with there we we started um this band Moon Underwater, which um we're uh you know, now pursuing in a sort of fitful way, but uh we we um we're uh, we've you know, we've got some proper gear and we're um we've got a, an E P planned. Oh brilliant. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that,
0: that
1: that should be coming out in a few weeks' time.
0: Moon underwater. I'll check it out. That's great. Well, that's, that's always nice to know, actually, isn't it? Everyone, you get to an age where everything's a bit fit for, really. I mean, all these bands from the the 80s, they sort of, you know, they have a little go, but they don't want to sort of give up the day job or to, you know, their routine or whatever they're doing too much for the sort of going back into music, but I think they quite enjoy it, so... Yes, just as an organic happy experience, really. That's the thing, isn't it? That's what I mean. If you could have said something to your, say, like 16 year old self, you know, who was just kind of where you were back then, what is there anything you would have just kind of whispered in their ears as as you were sitting behind the kit? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh.
1: No, i think I think I'd have kept my counsel i think i think the sixteen year old me would have been um a bit disappointed to have uh have this version um telling him all the you know cynical uh things i've realized since then i I think I'd rather be kept his innocence
0: yes i think that that could, that's often the way, isn't it really otherwise you just think, you know most people when i ask that go. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would never. I, no, I would never
1: have said that to him because that, that, that was that was a very um, that was a very important outlet for me for a long time. And uh, you know, I've got not only the the songs, but you know, some really good friendships out of it. So, no, I mean, the the balance is definitely towards the positive, but. You know, I I do realise um, or have realised that there are uh, negative aspects as as well. Since then, it's not all um, you know uh, sitting around in your mansion as the as the uh, royalties roll in.
0: Yes, I know. I was listening to an interview with Suzanne Bagan. And you know, people was like, see her getting off a bus or getting out of a taxi again. Well, I thought you'd have a chauffeur. It's like, yeah. my God, people have no idea, do they? You know, it's like, you know, even yeah. if you sell millions of copies of albums, you know, you still end up, you know, yeah, you know, if you if you keep in the music kind of world, you know, okay, you might have that moment of kind of like, wow, I'm kind of become this big star. But you know, if you keep in it, you're not gonna keep there, you're gonna go back to another level which is quite a lot less than that and um you have to you have to navigate that so it's not as it's not Mm. an easy as everyone says it's not a particularly easy gig and career so and then you realize it's probably not much of a career but you know the formative years I mean most people you know when they say no don't do it they say well I wouldn't really say that but you know you just realize that yeah there's a there's a point and a bit like what you probably did where you think actually it's probably best to get out now while I'm Still walking and talking in a vaguely straight line. It's good. Mm. I haven't got yeah. too bitter. You know, that's the, that's the main thing. But the brilliant thing is, you know, like in the last you know, 48 months, you've just brought out all this stuff from over four decades ago, which is, is quite unreal, actually.
1: Yeah, have, have you had a chance to hear the crazies yes
0: i've got yeah i got the um I got sent the m p threes and I've been listening to them so it's pretty wild and and exciting. It was really in interesting sort of working out you know I, I sort of realized where, when it was made, but then at the same time it didn't sound like it was that period if you know what i mean
1: well that's yeah i mean that's uh that's that's interesting to hear because i mean i kind of um I think from the perspective of now um I can hear more clearly that uh you know the stooges feed into it quite a lot but it also reminds me of people like um uh Jesus and Mary Chain and Sonic Youth who um we just obviously could not have heard at that point so um just you know it was several years before they even existed so yeah um, well,
0: quite yeah i mean i think that's the interesting thing cuz cuz that period there was a lot of dreadful punk albums and bands appearing and and it didn't go for that sort of sound at all did it really you know it was it was no no i mean uh,
1: we we really just kind of let loose and sort of you know our uh, what's the saying um you know uh, cast the chips and let them
0: fall where they yeah. may
1: that's, that's what we sort of tried to do musically, really.
0: I think that's fantastic. I just, I just, you know, personally, I, I, I've become a bit of obsessive about archive and stuff as well. So I think it's great that all these things get out and about. Will it? So it's come out on vinyl. Is it? Is it? Is there CD and downloads and all that kind of stuff coming out with it as well? Um, yeah.
1: There's sorry. There's something appeared on the screen about iCloud. I'm trying to get this i can see you again <laughs> your iCloud cloud is full oh, oh i don't know uh right um yeah the cherry yeah cherry red have got the um the digital rights so yes it, you can download the um tracks if if uh if you want to do it that way um there's no i did ask about this quite recently actually because someone asked me um there's no plans at the moment to make a an actual official cd release so it is it is either fine or download
0: oh fantastic so that means you know in that optimistic way you might get a royalty check in a, two years time for 50 oh, well,
1: pounds y- y- well you know <laughs> but, uh, at least yeah um <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the things I'm really interested in, uh, excited about with it, just to see, because I think, depending on, obviously, how many people hear it, um, I think it's going to kind of surprise quite a lot of people who've got uh, preconceptions about uh, either Adrian or the outsiders, um, you know, to uh, to hear what what we did in, in on this album so um you know if, if it turns out to be um you know some incredible uh mega hit then all well and good but uh, i'm just as i say i'm just really pleased to uh see it realized as a as a tangible object
0: Yes, no, it's brilliant. It's really good, and it's so confusing with the band, isn't it? Because there's a lot of Adrian's and Bob's, so um, in all they <laughs> yeah. Movies, so <laughs> yeah. But
1: I think I think we're the only only band that ever had two Adrian's in. So
0: that's... I think that yeah. I was thinking they're probably Adrian yeah. Sherwood, isn't there on, on new sound? But there's not many Adrian's who you know in the world of rock. Oh. And, yeah. So anyway, you've got two. So that's that's brilliant. But look, Adrian. <laughs> Thank you ever so much for this. This has been amazing. And that was me in conversation with Adrian James, drummer with The Crazies and also The Outsiders. So you can, yes, The Outsiders, that compilation, and he's probably mentioned that in the interview, has come out on Cherry Red Records. I do believe it's something like five CD box set with lots of other bits and pieces. Probably an amazing booklet. But uh, yes, do check that out. This has been Like I said, David Eastor. if you want to contact me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, do you see 86 show? Keep it positive and groovy. Life's too short. And um, yes, all these have been archived. You can find those on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Have a great week. Stay safe.